0: Hey everybody, this is Erica Blair and you are watching and listening to the Black Smoke Podcast.
1: Welcome to Black Smoke Barbecue. We are a collaborative group that focuses on different aspects of barbecue from pitmasters from all across North America. Barbecue is a culture and we discuss topics, ideas, and the methods of it on the Black Smoke Barbecue Podcast. Our mission is to spotlight those lesser known content creators in backyard barbecue, catering, food truck operations, as well as the African American experience in modern day barbecue. Sit back, relax, listen, and enjoy the show. And we are live, everybody. Welcome to the Black Smoke Barbecue podcast. Uh, We got a really special guest today. This guy's like family. She's a friend of the podcast, someone we've been uh, waiting to get on for quite a while. So we're all super excited. And, you know, uh, about the Black Smoke Barbecue podcast, you know, barbecue is not just what we do. It's the culture we embody and we're here for everybody and we're sharing our experiences through barbecue. But we got the crew in the house, man. Uh, We got my man T-Dub from T-Dub Barbecue. What's going on, brother?
2: Man, everything is is going all right, man. Um just enjoying this uh well, it's now kind of nice weather. We had that cold snap and then it got really hot and now it's cooling off again. So I'm just just taking it. as you can hear in my voice, this that back and forth has affected me a little bit, but um uh, it's all good.
1: My man, my man, glad to hear it. And then we got brother Alton from the Dog Father's barbecue. Alton, what's going on, bro?
3: Hey man, I'm in the house and looks like we in for a great episode. So all I'm going to say is I'm doing well. We don't need to waste no time on me. We need to get on over here to our special
1: guest because this is going to be a good one. Oh, it's absolutely going to, it's going to be a great one. And so, yeah, we are going to get right on into it. So, uh, this guest is, uh, she barbecue famous, y'all. She's, uh, she's at the top of the game. Somebody we all aspire to be like. And, uh, you know, again, friend and sister to the podcast, Uh, you've seen her all over TV. She's won the Barbecue Brawl on Food Network. Uh, I believe she's on Good Morning America and uh, every other show you can find. Uh, Y'all, we're going to get right into it. We got Erica Roby, known to y'all as Blue Smoke Blair. Hand clap for Erica. What's going on, mama?
3: Yes. Barbecue royalty.
0: (laughs) Hey, y'all. (laughs)
3: <laughs> What's going on, sis?
0: Nothing much, just hanging out with the chickens.
1: <laughs> hey, those chickens were gangster, man. Let me tell you something. Uh, uh, Alton and I were uh, a couple weekends ago at uh, the Blue Smoke Blair Barbecue Academy, the inaugural barbecue academy, and we had a great time. And uh, Erica has some chickens on her property, and they were stalking one Rashid Phillips. I mean, man, they wanted his neck. Kashid, if you're listening, I hope you got away clean, bro. Cause my man Winston, he was coming for you, bro. Winston the Rooster was not playing games.
3: <laughs> now you, know, hey, what was funny was when we first pulled up. You know, we yes. go through the little drive the driveway through the U, and I looked over and I heard Federico say, "Hey, watch out for those chickens." <laughs> And I looked over, man, it's like a little gang of chickens come running out. I'm like, wait, what?
1: They were running. You and then not rims. Put <laughs> yeah. your
0: car up on bricks. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but then my man came strutting out like foghorn leghorn. I said, like, oh, that's <laughs> what they're running from. I was like, my man was running things. <laughs> oh man you so, gotta love winston he's the best <laughs> he was he was super cool he let me pet him and he did not peck me one time so winston is all right with me so let's talk about the barbecue academy uh before we get into all of your other accolades um you know we were speaking before we got started here and that event was amazing uh we had people come from all over uh you had some amazing pit masters who, taught at this academy. Uh, What brought you to put this thing together?
0: Yeah. So I always wanted to do it. And then I just, I never had the space. I never had the land, you know, or like I would be on the road or be traveling and I just never had enough downtime to do it. And then I really, I got in a talk with, you know, my brother in smoke, Rashid, and we were just talking one day about how you have to have ownership in something. You can't always just be jumping at the beck and call of sponsors or companies or corporations. Like if you really want to submit your own legacy, you have to go out there and you have to have ownership in something. And I always wanted to teach. Like teaching is one of my first loves. So I was like, you know what? I was like, let's, I'm just gonna do it. And you know, I was like, maybe nobody will show up. Like (laughs) and then I'll know, you know. But I was like, I really, really want to try it and Part of me getting, finding this property was I wanted somewhere where I'd have enough space and peace where I could teach people. When I got started in barbecue, I mean, I had my dad on the phone and he was teaching me all sorts of like weird Louisiana ways. And I was just like, okay, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) And I like, you know, I would go and I would travel as I would travel as a student all across the country trying to go to all these barbecue schools and classes. And I went to so many of them in my early days that I really, it really stuck with me like what they did right and what I didn't get. And, you know, if I ever had the chance that anybody would want to come to my house, like this is what I would do. And then, you know, because we're Southern, I love throwing big parties. (laughs) So I was like, I can teach. And I can party? Oh, I was like, it's on. So that's really like where it came from.
1: You know, and I'm going to tell you, it it went off without a hitch. Uh, at least I didn't see a hitch. Um, <laughs> Alton and I were, were fortunate enough to be in the house to lend assistance in any way that we could. And um, I have to tell you, every student that was there was blown away. Mm. Everyone left there that Sunday with huge grins on their faces. Uh, everyone felt accomplished. Uh, the students were engaged uh, in all the the stations and the classes. Um, yeah, you did your thing, sis, for real, for real. Absolutely.
0: Oh, man. Well, I loved it. And I just loved being around everybody and like the fact that y'all just gelled so well and you were so welcoming even to like the strangers, people that you didn't even know. And, you know, it can be really awkward and intimidating. I know like when I went to barbecue classes, I would be, I'd go by myself and I'm like out in the middle of somewhere, Georgia, by myself, like driving up to this property. And then I walk into the class and everybody else is a pair or they came with a group and then there's like oddball, you know, out by herself. And so it really meant a lot to me that like I saw y'all go out of your way to just kind of like warm up everybody. And it it happened fast. And just like everybody was talking to everybody. And I just that made my heart melt.
3: So, <laughs> you know, and it didn't really take a lot of effort on our part, you know, because everybody that was there, you know, on the last day when I spoke to everybody and I said, you know, I've been a part of different classes, uh, whether I was teaching or in it or whatever it might be. That was the most engaged class that I think I've ever witnessed. I mean, everybody just jumped in. They weren't afraid of the fire. They weren't afraid to do anything. Um, and and then, you know, it's like I said, we all, you know, showed up there, maybe not knowing each other, but we all left away from there, you know, being family. And and what's uh, you know, a testament to that is even after this class now, I'm still getting messages on Instagram, you know, and people are like, "Hey, what's going on?" You know, blah blah blah, yada yada yada, and so it definitely was authentic. And uh, man, I'm just, I'm just so thrilled that I was able to be there.
0: I definitely felt that we came out as a real barbecue family. I saw that, and I just, I loved that. I was just like, "Oh, please let this always happen." <laughs> uh,
1: it, it definitely did, and you know, a testament to that on the. Saturday night and Sunday afternoon. Uh, no one wanted to disperse. No one wanted to leave. Hey, Brandon, don't and, tell
3: on us now. Don't tell on us.
1: No, I'm not going to give all the all the grit. But, you know, when it was time to actually, okay, let's get out of Erica's hair. You know, people didn't want to go. And that's always a good sign. I
0: was like, y'all, they're coming to take the tent down in one hour. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, if you could without giving too much away, kinda take, you know, those of us like myself who wasn't fortunate enough to make it, um, what the experience was like, like from day one to everybody left.
0: Yeah, I think y'all would be the best because you actually experienced it firsthand. I know what I was doing. <laughs> what were y'all doing?
3: Man, if you if you ask man, we'd be talking all day about this. See, I mean, it was um it was phenomenal, man. I mean, it really was, uh, as we spoke of earlier, it was, it was really a good, just friendly atmosphere. Uh, you know, nobody was, you know, you, you hear people say things like check your egos at the door yeah, and that type yeah. of thing. You didn't even have that would, there was no egos. Yeah. There was no egos. I no. mean, everybody you got, you got Erica, you got Rashid, you got Alfred Goni, you got Bill Purvis, all of, I mean, we're talking. You know, top contenders in their classes of what they do, and everybody's just chill. Just you know what, I love what's that. going yeah. on? You know, just have a good time and blah blah blah. And I mean, it it was from the time we got there to the time we left. I think we, we I can't remember the last time I laughed so much. You know, <laughs> there's always we we all cutting up, having a good time, and and laughing about stuff and. I mean, good food. I mean, there's just so many fantastic bites. That's why Rashid was getting chased by the chickens. Because chicken. <laughs> Rashid came over there with a little chicken breast deal that he had done, which was phenomenal, by the way. Oh my God. Oh, my yeah. dad did <laughs>
0: some and made a sandwich to try to take him the airplane. I was like, oh, you're so country. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was you can't smart. can't blame him, though. That, he was that smart. Was some good food. Yes. Man, look, there was so much good food. Um, Absolutely. But, you know, I have been looking forward to this, uh, Erica, since we were at Grill and Chill back in, what was that, August? Last August? It was August, yeah. Um, we were sitting, uh, kind of taking a break from everything that was going on, and you were telling me that you were doing this class. And I was like, hey, let me know as soon as the tickets come out. I'm like, I'll be the first one, you know, in line to buy a ticket.
0: You did and, say that.
1: And you know what she told me out? And she said, oh, no, don't buy no ticket. I'm putting your ass to work. I said, even better.
2: Absolutely.
1: But yeah, T, so the experience, man, uh, the first day, uh, everybody came in, registered, and uh, Chef Michelle threw together a dinner for us. Uh, She's known as Between the Slices on Instagram. Y'all have to check Chef Michelle out. She's. I went
0: to, she hosted... um, she hosted a chef dinner down in Houston last night. I saw that on your story. It was insane. I proposed to her like five more times. She's turned me <laughs> down. But I mean, it was just, you know, she's just, she's amazing. She just, she just instinctively knows what to do. She did. A smoked crab dill pasta. And Mm. I was just like, okay, what, what's going to happen here? And I mean, I was willing to go back there and steal more. I mean, it was just insane. She did, uh, she did like a smoked pork belly, but she did it with like a Demoglaze sauce that was also mm-hmm. pork. And I mean, wow. it was just, and then she, she made her own potato chips and they were smoked and like barbecue. I mean, she's just, she is like the Willy Wonka of barbecue. I always tell her that. She's just amazing. Yeah.
1: She's legit. <laughs> she yeah, is. And those
0: gumbo greens legit. that she made. Yeah. Like, oh. So
1: the first night she yeah. made gumbo greens and man, look, let me tell you something. Her soon to be world famous biscuits. Mike. Yes. Preach.
0: And you know, she has a, she has like a huge cult following down in Houston. Even when I drove down there last night to the restaurant and I was sitting at the bar cause I went by myself and there were just people and they were talking. They're like, Hey, do you know Michelle? And I was like, yeah, I, I know Michelle. I wasn't trying to like give it up, you know, like, Oh, I know her. She'd be at my house raking a horse manure <laughs> <laughs> in exchange for margaritas. But um, I was like, yeah, I know her. And they were like, We, they're like, we travel all the way to the uh, farmer's market just to get her biscuits before they get sold out. And like the line Mm -hmm. is like down the block. And I just, all I could do was smile. And I was just like, you have no idea. Like, she's just amazing.
1: It was great. So yeah, yeah, it it was biscuits
3: were something else. They're They're just heaven. Yeah. The funny thing is, Eric, is (laughs) I've been saying for years, I am not a baker. I can sit there and babysit a brisket you know, for 12, 14 hours, whatever it might be, but I don't have patience to bake. Me too. So I've been recently trying to make myself kind of get out of that, start baking. So I started playing around with some brisket, re- I mean, uh, biscuit recipes <laughs> or whatever. And and I thought I was doing my, and then I bit into one of those. <laughs> and I was like, okay, this is what biscuits are supposed to be. <laughs> I like,
1: Back to the drawing board. Eh? man. <laughs> But yeah, oh, I, didn't, I didn't
0: think anybody could beat Cheddar Bays, and you know,
1: oh man, please.
3: <laughs> you know, funny thing about that is that uh, Brandon and, and Federico and I were sitting there with, with at the biscuit, and we we're all trying to figure out, okay, what's in this? And I'm like, man, I'm tasting cheddar. I think there's cheddar in here. And they're like, no, nah, there ain't no cheddar in there. I know she said it was like some cornmeal and there's some flour a cornmeal there, but, butter biscuit, like, dude. There's cheddar in there. And, and then finally, she came around there, and we asked her, hey, is there cheddar in there? She's like. Yeah, there's a little cheddar. I'm like, I knew my taste buds went in line to me,
1: god dang it. Right. And it I'm like. It reminded
0: me like, you know, Southern cheese straws. Like, yeah. it was like if cheese straw turned into a cloud and then descended man. upon a biscuit.
3: Wow. <laughs> yeah. tea. It was, all I can it was tell you, tea. man, is these biscuits here, the texture on the outside of them was just had that perfect, uh, just that perfect gold and bite to it. And then the inside, like she said, was just like a cloud, dude. It was just man. Come
2: yeah,
1: on, it was insane. Come on, man, those yeah, so,
2: biscuits too, man. Uh, that we, we just that evening,
1: about- man, look, we had gumbo, greens with rice. Yes, we had those biscuits. She fried up a mess of okra. Oh, that yes. okra! A mess of okra, you did. Fresh too. Oh, Hot and and grilled chicken. Oh yeah, it, it, it was it was great, man. So yeah, people came in and registered and. Got an idea of what to expect the following day. And then when students showed up the next day, um, people kind of got their bearings. And, man, uh, the, the teachers went right into it. And yeah. each teacher had their own station. And, and that uh, was, like,
0: so stressful because we wanted to start at 8 a.m., but... The weather, it was a frost advisory until like <laughs> nine. So then all of a sudden we had to like cut the time down, but we wanted to keep everything going. But like I knew that we couldn't have y'all out there at like eight AM because everybody just be dead. So
1: <laughs> and even then, uh it it was it was rather cold and so cold. um it, it took us a while to get fires going, uh, because the weather was just it was fighting. And we just um, we
0: made you really good pitmasters, fire management one on one.
1: You know what? I, we, were, we were talking about that and I told Alton, I said, hey, you know what? This is good. I was like, yeah, it sucks to be out here in the cold, but this is good because people get to see that. Hey, you know what? The weather's not always going to cooperate. No. You know, sometimes you're fighting the elements. But guess what? You still got to get in there and get it done. And I tell you what, uh, people bundled up. And they got, they got in there and got to it. I know, nobody no was complaints. a crybaby about it. No, no one was complaints. complaining. They hit their stations and did what they needed to do. And uh, it eventually warmed up during the day. And, but we had fire pits going all over the place and uh, propane heaters. I mean, we did what it took to, to make it through. But
0: um, Mighty torpedo heater.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That thing rocked all day. All day. Wait, until it didn't at one point. Until it didn't.
0: I, I had, my dad had to run out and go get more propane, and there was a shortage. So he's like texting me like, where can I get propane? And I was like, all right, go to the left. You're going to go down the woods. Make it right, you'll be a man. <laughs> he has propane dad, just ask for two cash only. <laughs>
1: Man. but yeah it it was great and then sunday was uh kind of a recap and people got their uh their certificates so they graduated so to speak yeah. and uh, they had a great breakfast and uh again it was just time for folks to really um you know commiserate and and network and again when it was time to go people didn't want to go no and, and like I said, that that speaks volumes. Uh, but it was
2: that.
1: it was a great weekend, and I tell you what, the value that the students got, um, you know, for the people who were there teaching and the knowledge that was passed on to folks, I'm gonna tell you what, I've seen classes cost twice that with one mm-hmm. person and a lot more students. <laughs> oh yeah. Mm-hmm you know, we've all seen it. And um, yeah, if, if for those who were fortunate enough to be there, yeah, y'all, y'all we're are lucky.
0: always, and we're always going to keep it small. Like I was talking uh, to Rashid, like after the event, you know, cause they were hanging out and I was like, no matter what, I was like, it has to stay 30 people or less because you just, when it gets bigger than that, you don't have that intimacy that we all had. As I said, like, so right. no matter what happens, it's going to be thirty people or less, and that includes the instructors. So absolutely, I'll yeah. always keep it that small.
2: Yeah, I could tell from the pictures and the video I saw on Instagram and stuff that everybody was genuinely enjoying themselves. You could feel the camaraderie, you can feel the family, like through videos and pictures. So I, I can just imagine what it was like being there in person.
3: You know what was what was amazing was you know watching their faces. Yep. And seeing the moments when they were, wait a minute, I just did this, you know. Like, okay, they're looking forward to going and and doing live fire picanha with Al, you know. And and they they kind of get it, and then they, you know, we get in there and we start cutting stuff and start tasting. it like, wow, you know, their eyes are just so bright, and they're like, oh man, I I just learned everything I need. And then they go to Bill. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, and Bill is teaching the whole competition aspect. And you can see that light turn on again, you know, and where they thought, oh, I just got everything I needed, you know, over here. And now all of a sudden you come over here to Al, I mean, uh, to Bill, and now Bill's hit you with the competition. Now you have people talking about, OK, I never even thought about doing competition barbecue, but maybe I should try that now. Yes. You yeah. Know? And then the next thing. OK, well, then you go from Al to Bill Purvis, to Rasheed Phillips. <laughs> and now you got Rasheed over there teaching them how to put together rubs and, you know, gr- and how to run the smoker, the offset smoker, and then doing, you know, steaks and cast iron on the fire. And, and again, you see that light bulb, you know, it's like, that was amazing to me just to see the transformation in a lot of the students.
2: You know, and seeing where
3: they were actually grabbing and grasping onto that value that they were getting out of each instructor as they went from station to station. Yeah, And uh, And that was one of the
0: big things. That was one of the big things for me. Like I, I said, maybe this might be the only class that somebody ever takes. I wanted them to practice on every type of grill. So when you left the class, no matter what grill you ever come across, like you have some functioning working knowledge of how to use that grill because looking at live fires looking at offsets heck even looking at the drums that bill had if you're not really that confident like those things look like things you don't want to touch so to be able to expose everybody to all those type of grills in three days like i was like that's something that it took me years like of doing and i you know i never had this certain grill or i didn't have that grill so to be able to have them all there so that people could use them like, I just, to me, that was like the one big thing that I was like hammering home. I was like, touch every grill. Can okay? you <laughs> oh, do something yeah. on every grill?
1: Oh, and they and, did. And they speaking did. of all the different grills, um, at Deanna's station, um, they got to cook pizzas on, was it four different grills? <laughs> I, think,
2: I, think like, I think
0: we had like four or five going in her station. So,
1: you know, for one, uh, a lot of people were just, come fuzzled with the idea of cooking pizza on a grill, but then they got there and they cooked it four or five different ways on a grill. Yeah. And they were just like, what's going on here? And they were cranking out really good pizzas. They were so good. Oh, they were. It got to a point I had to start turning down pizza. I was like, I can't. I'm like, it looks amazing. Y'all did great, but I can't eat another bite. Like. (laughs) There was so much good food that, that came out of all the stations. Yeah, it, it was That's insane. one of the
0: things for next year, though. I'm going to have already cooked a lot of different barbecue things. Like, I really wanted to do some pig candy bites and stuff like that. So one of the things we're going to do is we're going to have a lot more food that's already cooked that we've done on all the grills. And we're going to be passing that around as y'all are learning nice. so that, yeah. you know, you can try things that maybe you didn't know you could smoke or grill So that's one of the things we're definitely doing next year. And I'm like super excited about that. I'm working right now on trying to make um, pork dental floss, but Mm -hmm. like cotton candy, pork floss, but you need like, you need like a super dehydrator. And that's probably the one thing I don't have in my house is a dehydrator. (laughs) I'm patient enough to shred it and put it in the oven. So, but I want to make like pork floss, cotton candy. Like that's my next big goal. Nice. See, that's
3: why she's up wow. here, bro. That whole yeah, yeah, exactly. That whole other level, coming up with <laughs> stuff we ain't even thought of. Yeah, and I never heard anything like the that. Fails.
0: I'm only going to show you the victory. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> but Brandon, I'm glad you mentioned it because uh, that's another. I mean, there's so many people we got to give their due. Uh, Deanna did her thing with those pizzas, man. You know, yes, I, 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 I for one,
1: we're talking about Deanna Bombchica, better known as Deanna Cologne. By the way, y'all, yes, I don't think we mentioned yes. Deanna yet.
3: Um, you know, uh, the running thing here is, is daddy's not a pizza person, you know, like I just, pizza is like annoying to me, <laughs> you know, because it's not a meal, you know, but it's enough to get you kind of full and then make you mad cause you didn't need a steak type thing, you know? Um, but no, we were, we were standing over there next to her station where Al Goni was and, and she came over with some of the pizza and she made one that was, it had brisket and Calabrian chili uh, chilies on it. Man, when I tell you that hold up. This has the perfect spice. The the crust was that had that perfect crispiness to the to the crust. I'm like, okay, I can eat this pizza. <laughs> yeah,
1: I think she drizzled a little honey on there too, because there, so there was a little there the was there was something heat. a little sweet to it. Yeah. It was and, good. That and that burrata pizza that they were. I love out. burrata now.
0: I used to. I've yeah. never like. I've never buy burrata at the store. Like that's not my thing. And then after that, well, plus because I have fifteen canisters still left over. Now I'm using. <laughs> <laughs> i putting burrata on everything, just trying to play with it, you know. But it was never. It was never something I ever ate. Like it just wasn't even on my mind. And now I'm like, wow, I was missing out. This is really good. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the cool things I was playing with was like burrata and Thai spices. And it was because she put those peppers on there. So I just was, I've just been playing around with that. Like infusing a little uh, lemongrass into the burrata, putting some Thai nice. spices on there and seeing like, you know, what I can put that on or even make dips out of it. And it's been really fun. So even yeah. I learned something.
3: <laughs> well, I tell you, cause you know, Deanna was, you know, she's, she's, if you've never met her, I mean, she's just bold in personality you know, and and definitely she is the life of the party, you know, type person, but tell you what, you get her over there back there where she starts getting in that element of cooking. Oh, she, cook. she knows what she's doing.
0: She can oh, cook. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah she
1: can. Remember
0: that. at Grill Chill she had like she had made that pasta salad and those empanadas, like Yes. She can cook.
1: <laughs> and she I think she did those brisket ravioli as well.
0: I never I think... got one of those. I was so mad, you vultures <laughs>
1: It was, man. Yeah. Yeah, my like, mama gets it. Erica, down. don't
3: feel bad because, you know, that whole Grill and Chill. Yeah, Brandon drove right by my house going <laughs> going on to it. I'm Listen, like, hold up, what?
1: The day the tickets came out. <laughs> uh-uh. I got your receipts, man. The day the tickets came out, I put it in the group chat. Yo, VIP for Grill and Chill is out. I got mine. I'm going now. All those who didn't jump on, hey, look, I did my part, man. And you was off that day, so you mad at I, yourself, you know, bro?
3: You know, I ain't <laughs> you're even mad gonna at lie. yourself. I am. I am. I was in the backyard on Barbecue Boulevard, had pits lit up and everything too.
0: <laughs> Not going look. And i see... Barbecue Boulevard, by the
3: way. What's that? I'm, I'm obsessed with Barbecue Boulevard, oh, by the way, man. Any time goes without saying. You end up this neck of the woods. You invited always. Come on! I just
0: want to like dismantle it and bring it to my house. <laughs> <laughs> but you
3: Definitely know, have um, room. yeah, I was gonna say with that property you got, you probably have a hundred barbecue boulevards back there. <laughs> it's so beautiful, man. Um.
1: We like you to meet Sweet Charlene, the barbecue seasoning created from family bonds that is low in sodium but high in flavor. It doesn't matter if you're a beginner. Or or a seasoned Pitmaster. Level up your barbecue game with this dry rub that has amazing taste and great color. Go to EddyRightBarbecue.com right now and order your choice between the 6-ounce shaker bottle, the 16-ounce bag, or my favorite, the 32-ounce bag, and start rubbing your beef, pork, and poultry the right way. You know, we jump right into what we just uh, what we just witnessed with your academy. But uh, you've had like a meteoric rise in the world of barbecue. Um, Did you plan all this out or or what the hell happened?
0: No. So, I mean, I kind of had like a little crazy journey. Um, You know, I'm a criminal defense attorney by trade and I was living in Miami, Florida, and then. Uh, My husband at the time, you see where this is going. My husband at the time, (laughs) he was like, he got a job in Tampa and he was like, I hate Miami. I'm only here for you, like supporting you and your dreams, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, oh, you know, I, maybe I have been really selfish for the past like seven years. I should probably, you know, throw my support behind him and help him reach his dreams. So I closed my practice down, we moved to Tampa, Florida, and then all of a sudden, like, I had nothing like I had nothing on the horizon. I had a little like owl sweatshirt pajamas that like, I just stayed in because nobody was checking for me. Like I didn't need to, I didn't need to change my clothes. I had nowhere to go. And so I was just like sitting there just absolutely miserable. And then like, you know, he's off living the high life and I'm sitting there like drinking wine on the back porch, like, Oh, his day 50, here we go again. You know? <laughs> and even the squirrels had left me at that point. Cause they're like, she's depressing, but <laughs> <laughs> I have no friend. And so uh, I was just like, Oh my God. I was like, you know, I was only 30 at the time, I think. And I was just like, this is miserable. And like, God, I know my best days are not behind me. They're ahead of me. Like I didn't do all of this in life just to like come crashing to, you know, a halt and a stop. And so I remember one day I was like out there having one of my benders by myself. And so my husband had come home And I was just like telling him, you know, how miserable I was. And like, I couldn't really figure out, like, if I wanted to go back to work for people or if I wanted to start beating the pavement in Tampa and restart my own law firm, like what I was going to do. And I was just really in a quandary. And then, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm 30. Like, oh, I'm so old. And (laughs) And so I was like expecting that support that I had thrown toward him when I gave up everything I had. And he just looked at me and he was just like well, you know, Erica, you're in charge of your own happiness. It just walked out. And so, you know, of course I was thinking of snapped and how I could get away with things, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but but I realized like that was a message from God and I needed to hear it. And I needed to hear it in that manner because nothing else was going to jar me back to being the Erica that I knew I was. And I was just like, I took that and it just echoed throughout my body, like to my very core. And I was like, you know what? Like, he's right. I am in charge of my own happiness. So I started looking at like, what are things that I like to do? Uh, what are things I enjoy? If I don't want to get back into law full time, that will bring me joy, bring me happiness, not necessarily you know um, something traditional. And somehow I stumbled upon uh, wine school and becoming a sommelier. Yes. And so there was like a documentary out and there was some, there was like a reality series out about sommeliers and I saw them running around in their little suits and they looked just like lawyers and they were pouring wine at these nice restaurants and dinners. And I'd always been a foodie and, you know, loving wine already. So I was like, Oh, maybe that's something. And then I found out how hard it was to become one. I was like, I love a challenge. Let's go. So I was like, how do you become a sommelier? Like, what do you do? So I really dove deep into that. And then all of a sudden, I guess because my Google searching was all about wine, an ad came for a culinary school that was the only one that had a licensed sommelier program um, in the United States that was licensed by the court of master sommeliers, the governing body. And it was out in California or New York. And so I was like, Uh Oh, like, but I felt like electricity. I knew I I felt in my body that this was my message and I was supposed to be there. So I was like, well, I want to go to California. I'm not trying to be in New York. And it was only for 12 weeks. And I was like, you know, we'll do this. And so I remember like my husband came home and I told him, I was like, hey, I found my path. I'm going to become a sommelier and I'm going to go out to a culinary school in uh, California for 12 weeks and do it. And he basically just like looked at me and was like, Well, if you go, don't come back.
1: <laughs> Whoa.
0: So, never like, and it wasn't in that words, but it was something along those lines. Like, so never to be threatened or given an ultimatum. I bleached my hair Beyonce blonde, which was a mistake. Uh, <laughs> it started falling out immediately. Uh, so, but I was moving to California. I didn't care. So, I end up in California, you know, I, in wine school, I'm getting a divorce. I'm starting my life over from the bottom, and I saw like the kitchen kids and everybody, and I'm like one of the oldest people in the class. They're like, "Ah, oh, she's thirty. I'm a good old lady," and I'm just like, "Whatever." I was like, "You don't know what I've been through to get here." You don't so, know me. Hey, you don't know. Yeah. So I I started doing that, and then I went. And I flew to Arkansas to take the sommelier exams that I needed in order to get to, to get licensed so I could get a job. And um, I passed, and only five people passed. And so, like, when they called my name, like, I was just like, oh my God, because they were like, there was a room, I think there was like 20 of us in the room, and they told us only five of you guys have passed, which was expected. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, no, like, I need to pass. Like, I, my whole life depends on me passing. And so, they called like the first three names, and it wasn't mine. So, I'm like, on my phone looking if I can become a showgirl in Vegas, but then I wasn't (laughs) tall enough. So like, I was just out of options. Like I had to pass. And um, then they finally called my name and I realized like, this was God's plan. Like, this is what I was supposed to do. So I ended up getting a job in Napa and I just like, Literally loved it. Fell in love. I was walking through the vineyards of Opus One to get to work every day. And, you know, and it was a really, it was really good and validating for me because like all my friends back in Miami and stuff, they're like, oh, Erica done gone crazy. She had midlife crisis. Now, you know, she's doing this. And like during that time, you know, it was a struggle. I I had like three jobs at one point. I was waitressing at a cheese bar, cheese and wine bar. I was stocking wines at a liquor store. You know, I was doing like everything I could to like support myself and fund myself for this dream. And people just didn't understand it. And they were like, how could you go from being a lawyer to, you know, you're stocking wines and liquors at a liquor store? Like what's wrong with you? But the beauty of it was like the people who really mattered, my parents, they always had my back. And they were like, Oh, you got, you know, you got a job at a liquor store. You go, girl, you're doing you. Like they were always my cheering squad, even though I know like secretly they were going to church, like, dear Lord, please. <laughs> 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 I nodded and lost her mind. <laughs> we need all the prayer warriors, you know. But like to my face, they were always like, No, do this, do you. You have a reason why you're doing this. Like this isn't an accident and everything like that. And then, um, the Marriott called in San Diego and they were like, we're looking for an assistant wine director. Would you come down here and take this job? And I was just like, heck yeah. They told me, uh, if you work here for a year, you can transfer to any of our properties in the world. So at night I would just be looking through the catalog, like I'm going to go to China. I'm going to go to London. (laughs) I'm, you know, looking at all these places I was going to live, you know, as this wine girl. And I really loved it. And then, um, I got down to San Diego and it was right on the water. And so all the Navy ships would always be coming in and stuff like that. So I would be seeing them and everything like that. And so um all the girls were like, oh, the Navy guys, they're back. The Navy guys are back. And I'm just sitting there like, I'm an Air Force kid. I, I, I'm good. I know better. And so then literally, literally the next week I meet my future husband. And so all of that, like, Oh, I'm gonna go travel the world of wine, and he's like, "No, you're gonna stay right here and get married." So I was just like, "Okay, I love you. Let's do this," you know. And so fast forward, we get married. Then a year later, a little, a little less than a year later, I end up having my first child, my son. And now I'm homebound, and I'm like, "Oh no, this is awful." I was like, "I can't go nowhere. I got to just my whole life is trying to keep this kid alive, and we don't even speak the same language." <laughs> and this is awful. So when he would sleep, I would go outside. We had like this little patio and I would like call my mom and dad and, you know, just be telling them like, how awful my life was and how stressed I was, and stuff like that. And then we'd just be, like, shooting the crap. And so I was talking about my dad, like, you know, when you retire. And he was like, well, you know, baby, I always wanted to have a barbecue restaurant. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, yeah, we should do that. He's like, you know, when I retire, I have a little truck, you know, a little something on the side of the road, something. And I'm like, yeah, let's do that. I was like, okay, so what do we need to do to do that? And then both of us realized neither one of us knew how to cook barbecue.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, so he just had a dream. right? It wasn't his thing.
0: He's like, "I'm gonna just buy the trailer."
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Like, you can't be like, that I'm
0: hard. Like, yeah, I was like, "This is a bad plan, dad." Like, so, so then I was like, "Okay, I was like, you buy the trailer. I'm a, I'm gonna somehow learn how to barbecue and I started watching all the barbecue competition shows on TV cuz I was home. And then I started seeing all them people on uh TV and you know, they're like Crap talking and rolling smoke. And I'm just like, dude, this is like a family reunion for me. I can do this. So then I was like, well, how do you learn barbecue? And I started Googling schools and I found, um, where I was living in LA. So, you know, like three, four hours up without traffic. Uh, Harry Sue had a barbecue mm. class. And so I just signed up for it. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then at the same time, I had like signed up for a bunch of competitions. I didn't even have a grill. I had nothing. And I hurried up and I signed up for like four competitions in California and didn't know nothing didn't even know like what type of wood you're supposed to use like just awful but i had like read on a in a chat room somewhere that like competitions (laughs) they they sell out fast so you need to hurry up and get your name on the list which is not true but you know so i (laughs) hurried up and i put my name out there i formed blue smoke blair's barbecue after dolly parton and her song blue smoke and i was just like okay i'm gonna go so let me hurry up and go to this class so then you know i can know what to do when i go out to these competitions and I get to Harry Sue's house and I'm just like, oh my God, the guy from TV is letting me come to his house. Like, oh. so I stood on the driveway, like, cause I didn't want to be seen. And then I was just like, oh my God, all the people that are here, they're probably like pitmasters and barbecue folks. And I'm going to get outed as a poser. Like this is going to be a disaster. And so I walked in when it was time for class. And it was like, as soon as I rounded the corner, there was Harry Sue. It was like, I ran into a bear. I was like, oh, oh my God. And everybody was just so nice. They were the nicest people I'd ever met. And they were so welcoming. And I was just like, whoa, this community is amazing. And everybody was so nice. And they were like, telling me things and telling me where to look and what I should be buying. And I was just like, what planet are we on? Like, why are people being so nice and awesome? You know, I was like, I want more of this. And so then Harry asked if anybody uh, did competition barbecue. (laughs) And the guy next to me he was like, you, you're you going to do competition barbecue, like raise your hand. And so I was like, no, no. And he's like, no, raise your hand. So I like raised my hand. And then Harry was like, okay. He's like, what's your, what's your team name? And I had never said it out loud before. You know, I was on Zazzle making little like cups and stuff. And, <laughs> <laughs> and so like, all of a sudden I just like jumped up and I stood up and I was like, I'm Blue Smoke Blair. And I'm telling you, it's so corny, but like, I felt the universe open up at that moment that I finally said my barbecue name. And I felt like, okay, something's going to come of this. Something's going to happen. And after that, I learned from him. Then I flew and I drove out to Georgia. I went to Myron Mixon's class. Um, That was a three-day class. And he was all competition. And then he asked me if I was going to do Memphis in May, which I'd never heard of. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll, I'll do Memphis in May. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm Googling it on my phone. <laughs> I'm like, yo, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Like and and I can to make it. Yeah, I had like one competition under my belt at that point and I came in dead last in every category. And I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. And so then I hurried up and I signed up for it because I was like, Okay, you, you just told like a really big lie. Like <laughs> <you're> not, <laughs> now you've got to make an honest woman out of yourself. Now you gotta go. And then I think about a month later they did the lottery and I actually got a spot. Wow. So I was like, okay, I was like, I'm supposed to be here. All right, let's do this. So I just started competing really, really hard and I competed by myself. Um, I didn't have anything. I rented a U-Haul truck and a U-Haul trailer. I slept in the trailer. Like, you know, I had a sleeping bag or I tried to sleep in the truck sometimes and I was out there with a little lantern, like trimming meats because I didn't know the rules. I thought you, they said like, you couldn't have things already done. I didn't know that you could trim at home. So Mm. I thought, oh, you have to trim everything on site. And then finally this guy came over. He's like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, you know, I'm just trimming chicken. And all that. he's like, you you need to do that at home. He's like, all you need to do here is cook it. And I was like, oh, the rules allow that. he's like, yes, honey. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. It was like 3 a.m. And so, um, I just kept competing and then I would just pack up my little U-Haul and drive all around the place, Kentucky, you know, Indiana, everywhere. And then um, finally, one day I was heading out to another competition and it was like 5 a.m. I needed to get on the road and I saw headlights in my driveway and I'm just like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, like my mom pulled up in her minivan, like she jumped out and she was like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm here to be your road dog. Let's do this. (laughs) And then we formed our barbecue team, you know, and it's always been me and her. And we've traveled the, you know, the whole US. We've been through hurricanes, tornadoes, blizzards, like rains, floods. We've gone everywhere. But um, at that point I still had a U-Haul, rental U-Haul. And after one night in the U-Haul and having to use a porta potty, she was like, No, we're not doing this like this. She's like, We're gonna go get an RV. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, we ain't living like this, Erica. No. So then we went and, you know, we financed an RV and we started traveling around in the RV as our team. We went to Memphis and May. We kicked butt, you know, uh, made I history for I black don't. females. Yeah. We made history for black females at Memphis and May. Uh, we walked the stage twice, awesome. the first black females to do that. And, you know, it just it's been that journey ever since. And then um, I got on Instagram and i was in a barbecue chat group because i, you know, i was trying to learn barbecue and it still goes on it's called the pitmasters chat and so i learned so much from them and then uh one of the guys in there he was like hey i was like i only had like 10 followers and he's like hey you here's what you need to do to fix your account for instagram so you can be visible and get more followers and so he was he was telling me about you know how to take better pictures and he was telling me that i needed to fix the bio in um my instagram and i'm like what's a bio he's like yeah exactly you don't have one
2: he's
0: (laughs) like you need to go up to the top uh of your instagram he's like fill out very briefly like who you are who you want to be online he's like but then also he's like you need to put hashtag barbecue and he's like because that's how people will find you and so i was like hashtags and he's like oh He's like, I'll help you, girl. He's like, just go look at my account. Uh he's he's frozen smoke barbecue. He's out of Alaska. And so I said, Okay, is this right? And he's like, Yeah. He's like, now put hashtag barbecue, hashtag Pitmaster in your bio, like right after your name. And he's like, people will start finding you. And literally I did that. And then the next thing you know, I started getting more followers and I started my account started actually getting boosted up. And then literally one month after I did that, I had only been on Instagram. This was January and I had been on Instagram since November. So not that long. And then the next thing I know, I get a DM and it's from a casting agent talking about, we have a barbecue show and we found your, we found your Instagram and would you be interested in doing it? And I was just like, first, I thought it was a scam. So I screenshot it. I sent it to the group. And one of the guys was like, no, they're real. I worked with them. When I was supposed to go on a show, he's like, you need to call them back. Like right now, if it's not too late. So now I'm panicking. And so I called them back and I went through the whole interview process. They, they told me it was just going to be like a friendly competition show. They don't tell you the network.
2: So uh... I'm just thinking,
0: like, okay. I was like, I could do a friendly competition show. And then I didn't hear from them for a year but like at that point i was so excited that i even got noticed and that you know it validated i should be doing barbecue so i just went competing even harder like just going out competing a lot posting a tons of content and but being real about my content like i never tried to be like oh i'm the boss like you know i was like i don't know something but i'm trying it right now let's see what happens you know and let's just experiment and i didn't have trouble putting up my fails. Like when I messed up a recipe, I would put it up there too. And so I think like being authentic and sincere um, on Instagram and especially that was right during the pandemic. So everybody was online. Um, I think that that really helped me really get in this community a lot better because they were just like, she's not trying to pretend like, she you knows she's cool or whatever. She's just trying to like survive and barbecue right now. And then a year exactly to the day, all of a sudden I get a call, but this time it's from Food Network, and I'm just like, "Oh my god, uh oh!" And they're like, "Hey, can you be down in Austin, Texas in two weeks?" And I, of course, I just said yes. Like I got a kid; it's it's the lockdown. it
2: <laughs> be <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, yeah. Hey, why not? <laughs>
0: You know, and so then afterwards, I like call my mom and dad. I'm like, hey, I'll watch my kid. I got to go. And so they were just like, oh, my God, like, do it, girl. We got you. We got you. Uh, And so I get down there. And that was right when um, the Netflix uh, chef's table that remember when that came out? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Rodney Scott's episode. And, you know, I'd be sitting down in the basement in like sub zero Ohio temperature in my drawers, like watching Rodney Scott. (laughs) Like, oh, my God, he's amazing. How cool. And so I get down. I get out of the Uber to the hotel. And as soon as the doors open, Rodney Scott is standing right there. And I was just like, all of a sudden, like all my confidence just left my body. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. Like if Rodney Scott is a competitor, I need to go home now. So I just like, I called my dad and I was like, Hey, I was like, I got some good news and some bad news for you, dad. And he's like, yeah, you there? What's happening? I was like, yeah, I'm here. I was like, um, the good news is I'm probably going to be home real soon. So you're not gonna have to watch my kid that long. <laughs> I was like, but the bad news is, I'm gonna embarrass our whole family on national television. I was like, I'm just gonna do that right now. And so he was like, well, just do your best and uh, don't use our last name. So, <laughs> so when I got on the show, I just went by Erica Blair. I did not put Roby down because I did not want to embarrass my family. I was like, you know, Erica Blair, they'd have to really try to find me. They wouldn't know like I'm, you know, associated with the Robies. I was like, so that'll be okay. I can have plausible deniability that that was not me on there acting a fool. And then, you know, I got on the show and it was intense. It was amazing. It was scary. Um, You know, I I went from having the safety of one camera for Instagram to having like 12 cameras within five inches of my face at any given time for 10 hours a day. And, you know, you don't think about the faces you make when you're cooking. You don't think about, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so I'm like sitting there and I'm like, Always smile, like don't, don't be making weird faces because the camera is capturing all of that and they're going to mm-hmm. cut and splice it to either make you look like incompetent or make you look like you're mean or, you know, so I just like stayed there like this. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time for like, <laughs> like 10 weeks. I just, every time I was doing something, I was just smiling, you know, and, um, and, but it was, it was amazing. But the one thing I noticed, like, because of my backstory, I had no ego. Like I did not think I walked on water. I never called myself a chef. Definitely did not call myself a pit master. You know, I was still blowing up grills. So (laughs) I was not, you know, I just, I literally had no ego. I was just grateful to be there. And that was very different than a lot of the other people that were on the show that were already established. And, you know, they already had a brand and a reputation and stuff like that. And I didn't have any of that. So I think that I thought that was a weakness at the time, but that turned out to be a superpower because nobody was checking for me. They're like, oh, she's going to be gone like so soon. So (laughs) so nobody was checking for me. I was like free to just like do my own thing. Like everybody else was acting a fool or doing their thing or plugging, you know, their brand, their image that they thought that they needed to put out there on television. And I was just like being me, like trying to survive. And so... Nobody ever really like thought I was a threat. They were just like, Oh, this nice girl who smiles all day from Ohio.
2: (laughs) I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So nobody, nobody thought I was a threat. So nobody was ever guarded around me. And I, I didn't like, you know, seeing like the tension and stuff because that's not how I live my life. So I really went out like trying to be friends with everybody and just like try to get to know everybody. Cause I was like, this is a really cool thing we're doing. Like, this is amazing. Like we should all be friends and, you know, talk and chat. And that was like not happening. <laughs> and, you know, but I did make like some really lifelong friends on the show. And then I felt really intimidated because I was like, Oh, all these pit masters. And then here I am. And then one day, like after getting my butt kicked for, I think for five weeks, you know, they would call me everything but a child of the most high during the uh, judging portion. And so so it just like came to me. I was like, you know what? I was like, you need to start cooking what you cook. Like you need to start being you and not trying to be like them. You need to just do you. And then Bobby Flay told me at at one point, he was like, you know how I win everything that I've done. He's like, I always cook inside of myself. I don't cook outside of myself. He said, he just like looked at me and it was like a Mr. Miyagi moment. He's like, only cook what you know. And I just, for some reason that resonated. And then it's like, I did a complete 180. I turned on a dime. I started doing Creole dishes, but on the, you know, on barbecue, making it barbecue influence and stuff like that. And I went from getting on the bottom and going to elimination every single night to all of a sudden I was winning the challenges. And it was really that shift in that confidence. And like, you're good enough as you are. Like, you don't have to be anybody else. Just be you. you. You got yourself on the show. Like, be you. And I think that was one of the things that a lot of people weren't doing. They were trying to be somebody who they thought they were supposed to be. And like, it's like, no, you, you are enough just as you are today. You are enough, you know? And I was just like, don't ever forget that. And then all of a sudden, you know, it was the final night and we're sitting there and all I could do was think about like, okay, after tonight, like I'll just be able to lay down and go to sleep, you know, no (laughs) matter what happens, I'll be alive. And I made it to the end. I don't even care. Like the final cook, I was just having fun. Like I didn't even care. I wasn't stressed. And then all of a sudden, like when they came to the announcement of who was going to be barbecue brawl champion, master of Q, they said my name. And I was just like, you know, and I waited, I waited the first time they said it because I thought maybe I had had like a break with reality. It was like a full induced psychosis. (laughs) So I waited and then when they said it again and like Bobby started hugging me, I realized I was like, oh this is real, this really happened. And I was just like my life like I will never be the same. I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to spread like serious barbecue love out in the world because that's what got me through all the way to that point was barbecue love and I was like even more so now than ever like I need to go out there and just let people know, like, the healing powers of barbecue and the barbecue community. And I just, I haven't stopped since then.
3: (laughs) It's a great unifier, right? Yeah. That is, I'm like, man, I can't wait till we get this all edited so I can go back and listen again. Right. (laughs) Because, I mean, man, you you just, you put that right out there for everybody that's, you know, hey, be true to yourself, man. You know, know that you are enough and do
0: you. Yeah, do you, know? you and keep stepping. Yeah. yeah, and
3: I I tell people that all the time when they're asking me questions about barbecue and this and that. I'm like, man, I can't tell you what's good to you. Yeah, <laughs> you <know? laughs> so you cook what you like, use the ingredients that you like, do what you like, you know, and be comfortable with it and know that it's enough. Yes.
0: You know? So absolutely, you have faith. Have faith in yourself. I mean, don't ever bet against yourself because then why are you even trying? Yeah, if you it, don't. Yeah, if you don't believe in yourself, like, stop. You need to go back to the basics and work up, because you that's can't right. go out there presenting an image, but then secretly you don't believe in yourself. Like, that's a disaster. It yeah. doesn't work out Anything. for
1: you. No, yeah. and it would be quickly exposed. Yes. Absolutely.
3: One thing you said, Eric, and, and I have to, you know, jump on this for a second. Uh, you and Harry Sue. I'm like, I don't, have, have Brandon, T, have y'all met Harry Sue yet? I've not, no. No, no. Okay. <laughs> Harry Harry Sue and Erica are alike, like bouncing around a hundred miles an hour. And you know, that's how Harry is. Yeah. Like he literally is a fantastic ambassador for barbecue. Yes. Absolutely, one thousand percent. Uh you will not ever feel uncomfortable around him. Mm-hmm. You know, I fortunately I got I got to meet him and cook with him you know, at another YouTuber's house here in Austin when I was like a really small YouTube channel. And so when I went in there, it was, it was kind of funny because I've never really been intimidated by anybody, you know, celebrity or whatever. Um, but at the same time, I'm still like, okay, <laughs> this dude cooks yeah. like, for real, for real, you know? And, and I remember him, he, he had said to us all, he said, Hey, what I want everybody to do, uh, cause we're going to be there cooking all day. So I want everybody to cook something that is special to them. I mean, anybody can go cook ribs and brisket, whatever. Do something that you know that's special to you, you know. And and so for me, it was one of those things, like you know, no brainer. When I was a kid, man, my mom made meat, meatloaf all the time, and I was that strange kid that loved it, you know. So. <laughs> So, okay, I'm going to make meatloaf. And then, uh, you know, and then we're, I'm talking to my wife and she was like, well, no, what if we do the meatloaf this way? And, you know, cause I played around with some stuffed meatloafs and stuff. And so I did that, you know, went over there and made this cream cheese, you know, stuffed meatloaf and, you know, mm-hmm. this, that, the other. And, and, uh, Harry had eaten this meatloaf and he stopped and he says, this is probably the best meatloaf I've ever eaten. And when he said that, I was like mind blown. <laughs> you know. <laughs> But no, you guys remind me of each other because you're both you have that bubbly personality, uh inviting, you're confident in what you do. Um even if it may be something that may not be the traditional way, it's yeah. your way. You know? Yeah. I love it. That whole story, man. I I love it. I love it. There was no shortcuts. There was no shortcuts to your success. You've earned every last bit yeah. of what you got. Absolutely. And I'm 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 proud of you.
1: thank you yeah we all
3: are
2: yeah yeah Yeah. wow
3: thank you you know in a full circle moment you you said that when you got the the uh, email or the call for food networking you thought it was you know some scam whatever what did I tell you when I first met you you know we were (laughs) we were at CODA a couple of years ago and um, prior to that I had gotten a a, um, friend request on Facebook and it was from Erica. Ruby. I'm like, yeah, right. Whatever. You know, went on about my business, <laughs> <laughs> like, rude? you know, and so I ended up at Coda. Um, you know, we were under the dancing's company that owns Pit Boss and Louisiana Grills or whatever. And they had the, the Coda. Uh, it was the uh, Pit Boss 250. Yeah, uh, that's the so much one. Yes, oh, absolutely. It is. I love that. Uh, but they were they were out here, and, 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 you know, our contact over there hit me up and say, hey, you know, come on out, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay. He said, well, Eric Roby's going to be there. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we, we get over there. As soon as I saw her, I was like, man, I know you're going to think this is funny, but I got this friend request. And I, and I said, nah, it's got to be a scam. She was like, no, that was me. <laughs> I was like, room, no. <laughs> but I say that to say that that's just how down to earth you are. You know, that you're not like up on some pedestal, you know. It always hurts me.
0: It always hurts me when like someone you look up to and then like I know it's petty, but they either don't acknowledge a message you wrote or they don't acknowledge like the time you took to like something. And I was like, dude, are you that far removed that you don't remember being on the other side? Yeah. You know, and that's always stuck with me. I think maybe that's because growing up in Ohio, like hospitality is everything because we're poor. So all we could offer was hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, was that like, I was
1: like, It's weird also know. because the way it happens today, um, you were on the other side not that long ago because people blow up quickly.
2: Right. Right. Really.
1: And it's like, how do you forget that fast? You know, and so um, but, you know, speaking on like,
0: that. I know you read it. I saw. you. Read it.
1: <laughs> That's right. It shows me that you got it. Uh, one of the students uh, at your academy back here a couple weekends ago, she was really just getting started with um, social media, YouTube, all that. She basically, she doesn't have a presence. And she was really um, anxious about getting started. And I told her, I said, hey, you know, if this weekend has shown you anything, all of these people are down to earth. Yep. Like, you can walk up to any of them right now. I said, and I guarantee you, it doesn't stop when this class is over. I was like, if yeah, you it's have questions, fake. no, it's not fake. Like if you have questions, you need help, reach out to these folks. I'm not telling you they're gonna be at your back and call, but if they can help that you in mine. any way, they will respond. <laughs> yep. You know, and um again, that's one thing I learned quickly uh, in the barbecue community is, uh, at least the real ones anyway. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's enough room for everyone and the people there who is. are really about it, they want to see everyone win. And, you know, your win isn't my win. You know, yeah. for some person's win might be, Hey, I finally got that dish. Perfect. You know, yeah. I, I got a brisket I can eat, or, you know, what, I got my ribs tender for them. That's probably more than they ever thought they could do. And, you know, uh, the fact that you're down to earth the way you are, like, that's a testament to your character, and and we we do appreciate that because uh, you know I'm you sure. have every right to be standoffish. Uh, you you've accomplished a lot, but uh, one I, thing
0: I, I was like, I've lived such a hot mess, like there is no <laughs> ego. Even-
1: <laughs> well, you, there definitely is. I, I can tell y'all because uh, for all those that don't know, Erica and I are co-authors. Uh, but that's that's an inside joke. (laughs) That's an inside joke. But you you know that
0: is really good advice to give to people, though. Um, Google your name every once in a while. I for Brandon and I. Yeah. One day I was like googling my name, and this whole website came up saying that Brandon and I, uh, were contributing editors to their barbecue stuff and they had all these like AI generated articles that Brandon wrote and that I wrote. And, you know, I was like, the articles are great. I would have taken them, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they were well written, but it was like it was such a violation that they had taken photos of Brandon and myself uh, from our Instagram and was out there like hawking products and getting Amazon commission fees using our names and our images and our likeness. And, you know, just a night with wine and Google, I don't, I don't think we ever would have found that because they were so, like, low-key about it.
1: Oh, they were smooth. Yeah, they were they smooth. They were smooth. And the funny part about that, uh, at, the, at the beginning of the articles, they had my picture, logo, all that stuff. But at the end of the article, you know, when they do the little bio and everything, they had my best friend's picture. And he's eating <laughs> this giant beef rib. It was... He's like, How the hell did I get wrapped into this thing? And I was like, Hey, same way I did. Unknown. It was but yeah. yeah. And now
0: they have all new victims up there. Like I still go look. Oh really? And they have they have all new victims up there, same articles, just different people. And <laughs> wow. I just like, Wow.
1: That's crazy it's stuff, man. Unbelievable. Crazy stuff. Hey,
3: one thing that I have to do, because I know we're we're about an hour into this, we probably gotta wrap it up. We don't wanna take up your whole night, but some more flowers that we have to give out, uh, for, you know, that academy was your mother and your father. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. um, I Amazing. mean, dad was just real quiet in the background doing whatever needed to be done,
0: stealing chicken. You know?
3: <laughs> 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 but, uh, but your mom, man, you have, you and your mom are just alike. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and you saying that y'all were on the barbecue team and out on the road together. I was like, man, I know there's a ton of stories
1: there. <laughs> yeah, that should have you know, been a reality you know, show. Oh man.
0: Why did she get caught up in this? She dropped man. the table on her foot. There was a raccoon somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we drove from... Um last year we drove from Ohio to Fargo, North Dakota and back, me, her, and my son, but it was during the blizzard. And <laughs> I mean, that that tested our bonds. There were a few times we pulled into the love truck stop <laughs> where I was like, I could just keep on going. I could just <laughs> they're in the bathroom right now. I could I could just make a run for it. <laughs> Man, What? we finally made it to Fargo, and there she was in sub-zero temperatures, you know, checking on my brisket for me, and I was just like, "Mama Dukes, like, See, She she's awesome.
3: She was awesome, you know, in that Saturday night. Uh, like I said, well, after the
0: best time. Oh man, after the class is
3: finished, and we're all just kind of hanging out, and you know, whatever, and she. We were all in this little group and she came over, she was talking to us and, and she we, I don't know I don't even remember how we got started on it, but she was asking like, Wait, how do you? Wait, how do you? And she asked me, How do you? And she was like, Oh Lord, I still gotta spell stuff around you. I was like, What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I said, Okay, mama, okay. <laughs> she loved y'all. She loved y'all so much. Oh, she your mom just, and like, your
1: dad are
3: so, so cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. Really cool. Really cool.
0: And we still have not started our barbecue restaurant. Me and my dad laugh about that all the time. <laughs> well, you've been a little busy all over the country. Yeah, you know,
3: I, mean, I was sitting at work one day, and it's funny because you know I, I work with with wholesale power, and we always have news on paying attention to the news and and weather and you know stuff of that nature. And one day I'm, I'm in there doing what I'm doing, and I looked up. <laughs> I turn the volume up. I'm like, dude, they got Erica on Good Morning America.
0: You have a funny, quick, funny story about that. So it was so funny. I was on uh, the Today Show. And like, you know, like with your spouse, you're like, okay, if you had one cheat, who would it be? Like all this. Stuff. <laughs> and so, you know, and you're like, you're never going to meet that person. So, you know, you're just like throwing out somebody <laughs> oh, that you're man. never going to meet. So I always said Idris Elba. I was like, <laughs> My one cheat is going to be Idris Elba. Like It's going to be on and popping. It's going to be crazy. I know I'm never going to beat Idris, so I don't even have to worry about this. So I'm on the Today Show and I'm in the green room and I'm about to go on for my segment. One of the producers comes in and she says into her mic, she says, okay, Idris is in the studio. He'll be coming up to the green room in like six minutes. (laughs) I'm like, I'm looking like, a squirrel with a pair of stolen draws on, like, ha 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 what is us coming to the in six minutes. Oh my god, this isn't supposed to happen. Like this isn't real life, you know? And so I'm just like, what am I gonna do? Like I was so trapped and I was like, This can't this, you know, this can't happen, but please, like, let it just go walk through. <laughs> you know, just a <laughs> This is me. Me just, like, open the door up a little bit. let me just say hi I smell his cologne and so I'm like sitting there like trying to look cool like play it smooth because I know he's coming in and then the door opens and it's another producer and she was like okay Erica we're gonna take you to another room and I was like holding on to the wall I was like oh no you're not
1: <laughs> you have claw marks in every yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like I will not be leaving this green room <laughs> But, long story short, I never actually got to see him. We didn't even cross paths. Oh, and I just,
2: man. And wow. oh, man.
0: But I was I was like, oh, thank God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm
3: going to have to tell my wife about that one because she has a, a healthy crush on the juice elbow as, as well. So I think that's funny.
0: Just let her know I was close. We were, you, we were the same. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that is hilarious.
1: Um
2: real quick before we get out of here, I just want you know to congratulate you on all your success and you know give you your flowers as far as being an inspiration to young girls um black women uh barbecue i mean anything pretty much when it comes to women seems like it's dominated by men. What has your experience been so far, and what would you say to that young girl out there who has dreams of of being a pit master?
0: I would tell her honestly: Get out of here. The sooner, the better. Um, this community—they they're better than they are bad. And you know, if you come out here, so they're going to help you. They're going to rally around you, just like they rallied around me. Like they had no reason to be nice to me or even care about me. And I had people coming over, like, "Hey, can I show you?" how to trim your chicken. Can I show you how you do a competition brisket? And these are people that had no reason to be nice to me other than they truly do believe in barbecue love. And barbecue is a universal welcome mat. It transcends race, gender, everything. And if you come out here with the heart of openness and willingness to go out there and cook and give it your best and do it your all and learn, like you will have an army of people that just lift you up. And that's the barbecue community.
2: Very well put. Absolutely.
1: Erica, a a couple of weeks ago, um, for like the eight seconds that we got to talk, um, we were talking about what we do here with Black Smoke Barbecue. And, um, you know, we were discussing um, some type of something. Uh, We didn't really get into it, but, you know, we were talking about some type of event or podcast or something where we're going to give the legacy black pitmasters, yes. their flowers. Yes. Uh, and so again, we we didn't really get a chance to get into it because there was just so much going on. But uh, what's that look like for you?
0: Yeah. So I see that that is something that we can actually do, and I want it to be where we go out and like not not the not just like the famous people, but like. You know, there are so many of us, there's so many in our community that day after day, you know, they're shoveling coals, they're rolling smoke, they're holding full-time jobs, and they're out there doing the thing. And I really want to be able to give a voice to them. I want to produce a documentary on it and submit it so that it actually is up in the running against all these other barbecue documentaries that are out there. Uh, I've already hit up Corey and told him like, we're all going to do this, right? You're in. I was like, they're in, <laughs> but I really just think that we need to, you know, we need to bring our elders in. We need to bring the people that came before us. And you know, one of the things for me that this is what really hit home for me. And I, we never got a chance to talk about this, but, um, so on my mom's side of the family, we did our genealogy through DNA and we found out that we were slaves on Andrew Jackson's plantation up in Tennessee, the hermitage. And wow. um, so we got in the RV and we made a weekend of it and we decided to go out there. So, you know, we were walking around the property and I'm telling you, like, and this is the weirdest thing. Two weird things happened. Um, First, we found that they actually had a slave cemetery that they had preserved. Uh, the state had come in and some or some organization had come in and they had actually preserved um, the slave cemetery and they were explaining the conditions of the bones that were found. And that even, you know, 200 years later, you could still see the evidence of torture and abuse on the bones of these people. And so me and my mom, we decided like, because we know that our ancestors are buried in there, uh, we decided to go pray. At the cemetery, and um, me being the DJ, you know, I put on a bunch of like spirituals on my little phone, and like had them playing. But you know, it was it was something of just reverence. Like your stories will never be known, and all we have is that we can stand here, but we can't see you, we can't touch you. You're nameless, and you know that's that's a shame because you guys, you know, if I'm descended from you, and I know how ambitious I am, and the hopes and dreams I had, I know that comes from somewhere. And I know that y'all had those for yourself too. So I was like, you know, we have to do something about that. And then we went back to the actual property where uh the, the house is and everything like that. And so in the tour, they gave a tour of the kitchen that was perfectly preserved, but then right off of the kitchen was the smokehouse that was still the original smokehouse. And it it's perfectly preserved as well. And so one of the guides, he said, uh, these bricks were handmade and he said, whoever made these bricks, uh, they put their handprint in the bricks while they were still wet. And you can put your handprint in there too. And so everybody else was kind of like, okay, you know, whatever. But you know, me being in barbecue, I was like, oh no, like I'm going over there. I'm putting my handprint. I'm holding my hand in that because that, that was him giving his legacy. That was the only thing he could do. Whoever the guy was that ran that smokehouse, the only thing he could do was leave a handprint. For everything that he did, all those times he barbecued in silence, you know, under the stars, like, you know, out there by himself, smoking and preserving food for the entire plantation. And, you know, that was all on his shoulders and other people's shoulders. He could never speak about it. The only thing he could do was leave his handprint. And I said, you have to you have to honor those stories. You have to at least go back to the people that are still living right now that are in barbecue that are the legacies of black barbecue and you need to go tell their stories in any way possible. They need to get their due because you have the ability to make them more than a handprint, you know? So yeah. that's how I feel about that.
1: I love it. Yeah. I love the the idea of it. And, um, you were right when you told Corey, we're definitely in, Hey, yes. you just let I us know. <laughs> well you know i'm a pensioner, so i'm i'm quite flexible so if you got something you need done just you know i'll let you boy you you know what i just do.
0: i think i think that the way you guys are already established you know you already have an audience you already have a system you know what you're doing i think that it would just be flawless and seamless if we just you know captain planet this our powers combined You know, we could do this and we could actually get these people, have their voices down, have them recorded, you know, have something that will be out there even when all all of us are gone. Yeah. And it'll be be a way where you don't have to just assume what they thought. You don't have to assume what they went through. They can tell you. And it'll be preserved for the next generations of pitmasters that are coming up, our kids, their kids. It'll be there and it'll, you know, it'll be done the right way. I
1: love it. I love everything about it. Absolutely.
0: And we're going to get to eat lots of barbecue, so.
1: Right. That's, that's a bonus, <laughs> right?
3: <laughs> Wait, will there be bourbon, too?
0: There will definitely be bourbon. <laughs> There's always bourbon.
1: <laughs> all right, man. Well, y'all, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, Erica, tell everyone where they can find you.
0: You can find me on Instagram at Blue Smoke Blair or my website, bluesmokeblair.com. com.
1: all right. All right. And T, tell us where they can find you, brother. We know where to find you, but tell the the listening public where you are at, man.
2: You can catch me at twbbq on Instagram, Facebook, all the socials, uh, YouTube, you name it. All right,
1: and of course we got Out in the Dog Father, bro. That's tell right. them where you at, man.
3: Man, uh, the Dog Father's Barbecue, D A W G F A T H A. S yes, BBQ. That's on all the uh, platforms, including threads. Always oh, forget yeah. about threads. <laughs> Always forget about threads. <laughs> me too. Yeah.
1: Can't forget about threads. And <laughs> y'all can It's alright. Yeah. It's alright. And of course, y'all can find me everywhere except for Twitter. I do not tweet. Me and my luxurious main can be found at BKC Cooks. Google it wherever it's at. Trust me. There's only one of me. So Erica sis again. So many thanks. We had such a great time having you on here, and you're always welcome. We hope to have you on again sooner than later. Please. And we, Yeah, we absolutely enjoyed having you on. It's going
0: to be great. I love y'all. Y'all are family now, so.
1: That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you and for we love, me. We love you back. <laughs> and y'all, this is the Black Smoke Barbecue Podcast. We thank y'all for watching and listening, and we will catch y'all on the next one. Peace. <laughs> Peace. We'll <music>